I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Michet. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, Soul Tribe. Welcome. Great to connect with Radiant Lights. Um, I do hope you're in a wonderful unfolding. Um, welcome to those in the chat, the Sacred Space of Empowerment Room. Oh, my co-pilots also, co-hosts, and also sound engineers, I'd like to say. Welcome to you all. Good to connect with you. Um, if you wanted to call in, if you're in the chat or you're listening by um, internet right now, that call-in number is 347-539-5122. That's 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad uh, to get in the queue to get on air. 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad. Um, yeah, those of you that are listening by phone, um, press 1. I see you. Press 1. Yay. <laughs> Because some people are listening by phone as well. So um, lots of energy shifts. I don't know if you're feeling it or not. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on and what's coming up. Definitely open to questions in the chat. Uh, some of you, I want to let you know about my uh, Patreon is another way to connect with me if you want to work more personal and individual. Uh, there's additional support there, uh, soulplayground.life, and also on my YouTube channel, Soul Awakening with Michelle Mache. Um, and Kathy, you'll be glad to know, I'm moving more to the pick a card. Um, I'll probably still do the monthlies, but do them live, maybe starting next month. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm really connecting in with the soul stories of the individuals, of the soul group. Um, because that's how I read, connecting in with the oversoul. So it's not psychic like tarot, but also channeling. Uh, so, and it's predictive also. So if that's something for you, you can find me on YouTube and um, subscribe, like, get the notifications, and um, share if you feel a resonance. So I'm just really feeling that. Um, and so a lot of you have been asking for more of those um, uh, types of readings anyway. Uh, more interactive. You connect like Kelly Lily. Yay, I love them all, but the pick of cards are my fave. Yep. <laughs> That's what a lot of people have been saying, and I guess I kind of have a knack for it. By the way, at 1212, there is one like Kelly Lily that is launching as we're in Awakenings. So I tuned in. Um, it's very interesting of what you need to know right now um, and kind of a what's coming up. So uh, yeah, so I'll be doing more of those probably at least once um, a week. Along, I'll still be doing the the weekend and the um, the uh, weekend, the weekend and the week also for a heads up. 
Um, so those of you that like, you know, again, they'll come back in a different form with the astrology um, connecting to each astrology. The thing is, the weird thing is, when you're doing astrology psychically, it's not actual, even if you're weaving in the astrology, it's just a way to tap in. It's just a way for people to get, hey, this could be your reading. Like, when I look at astrology, the readings that are like for the sign, I always look at my sun, moon, and rising. And if I look at astrology, I usually look at my rising as more accurate because of house placement. So, but anyway, you find your way. You find your way in what works for you, where you get your most um, accurate insights, information, and guidance. Um, so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be dropping at 12.12 today. Um, have I started posting to Patreon? Yes, I have. So the Patreon, there's three levels. You can take a peek there. But I've been posting for over a month now. I think there's like 14 or 15 posts. Um, and then those are, that are with me in the uh, path journey with Michelle will be meeting this Saturday. We meet once a month. The other two tiers we don't meet, but the the first tier you get the a lot of the um, it's still personal I'm, I'm updates, and then the uh, soul path seeker and soul uh, path journey with Michelle. Uh, there are the the updates that I'm doing and guidance, uh, like we went over how to use your pendulum, how to tune in energetically uh, to your body wisdom, how to discern. Um, so you're getting there's I'm still teaching. Um, Yay, White Keller Lily, love to have you there. It's only the Soul Path journey where that people can meet with me monthly and ask questions, and I'll do little mini tune-ins. And we're having a metaphysical, uh, spiritual salon. So, I'm, um, But a lot of the concepts, too, that I'm covering there, I cover in the, the Soul Path Seeker. They just don't have the meetup. And then I'm also releasing a lot of the... Um, recordings I'm going through them over the last couple of years that I did with the guides and the oversold so that you all have that information. Um, that's the thing the guides were really telling me is like really just get the information to people that are ready, willing, wanting it, needing it. And, you know, not, it, I can't put it out broadly, at least in a group or in the Patreon, I can, you know, if something freaks people out or people want more clarity, I can handle that better than on YouTube or like Awakenings where it's just, you know, and I love it. I love it. There's so many people that listen and will watch my videos or listen to Awakenings, but I don't get to interact on a personal individual level with all of them. And so on Patreon, it's just a little, even on YouTube, it's easier because the people comment and then I can address their comments or concerns. But really the Patreon is set up with the Soul Path Journey with Michelle for exactly that. Like, let's pick my brain, let's journey. I can tune in, can do things to help each, each other individually and personally. Um, and then people are asking, you know, saying what they want to cover. So spiritually, metaphysically, um, I'm going to be doing some things on dreams, astral projection, lucid dreaming. So I'll be able to guide it and give, give people things to do, soul growth homework, you know, for your path. So, um, 
And I am keeping the, the uh, tele-workshops going also. So that's, we have another one coming up by the 24th, I think, of this month, if I do recall. But it should be on soulplayground.life. Um, let's see, is it the 24th? Yeah, Mind Shift. So some of you have journeyed me for a while. You can see a little bit of the difference of what I'm putting out for support. And it's very specific to what is going to be occurring. Remember the guide said what happens this February, March is an indicator of what's going to happen the next year and few years, like at least like three years. Um, which brings me, and we will get to readings. Those of you that are wanting a reading or just uh, share a talk, um, please press one on your keypad. I see a few uh, callers in the queue, so just let me know. Um, basically, if we look at it, we're having this awakening to really stir things up into seeing and thinking in new ways. So I would say let yourself stretch a little bit as to your, your beliefs of what's possible, what you think you want to do or can do. Let's, can you get to the higher perspective? to the higher self or the inspired self? What is your inspiration? What are your true dreams? Even if you have to do things step by step and things seem slow, they seem to not be um, happening as quickly or as easily as you want, there is a lot right now that is being put in order or form through our thoughts, our consistent thoughts, our thoughts, feelings, and intention. So we really are learning how to not only navigate what's going on, but co-create a new reality by using the higher mind, by the meditative thinking, by envisioning. And it's not just visioning. It's more visioning than it is visualizing. There is that also, but it needs to be in alignment with the soul. So the better that you can understand your soul, what you're tr what really brings joy to you, what makes your heart open, what brings a level of uplifting emotion. I'll give you an example. The other day I, I picked uh, paper bags. I've been collecting them because a friend of mine, more acquaintance, a friend of mine um, does a lot of outreach uh, with community gardens, has her own community garden, uh, does some programs or part of programs with feeding um, Sometimes homeless, but also right now there's been a long, big program of, of feeding people that are underprivileged or don't, you know, have enough food. And so I went to drop off. I had a huge, because I, I usually drop off a smaller budge, but I've just been so busy I hadn't been able to get there. And I thought, oh, I don't want to go today. And I thought, something said, no, Michelle, you need to really go today. And I was just brought to tears of the beautiful work. And I thought, my God, I'm just doing such a small contribution in connect, collecting these bags because they put the food, the fresh vegetables and, and, and fruits and vegetables in these bags. Um, when I got there, there was just a line of cars in a queue waiting to turn in. And then there were some individuals waiting in line. And it was just this beautiful people packing the bags putting food in. There was other resources and support there at tables. I'm not sure what they were. And it just felt so um, good to be a small part. 
And I, I would say look for those kinds of areas. Where can you flow support? I mean, those bags definitely are needed because if they don't have the bags, they don't have anything to put in there. I mean, they don't have anything to put the, the, the food in. So we are getting this call to look at what really supports us but also fulfills us. And we're getting out of this limited thinking process of what we thought we had to do to survive. How do we grow up? You know, a lot of it is us thinking, me, 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 or me and my family, me and what's close. But now we're understanding that our we are more than just a family by who we were born into or grew up around. That there is not only this human family, but there is a family through resonance, through community, through who is around us time and time again. So you're going to see a lot more community-based situations, less and less of the federal government or out there government. But things moving more to not just the state, but actually the city, city and community, where people are stepping up. It's very Aquarian. It's it's a lot of lot to do. And, and yes, unrest. You, there will be more unrest, civil unrest, as it's about and perhaps even especially as we get to the close of the year, kind of a fighting for personal rights and freedoms. But you're also going to see in tandem a real reaching out and pull or nudge towards care. You know, it's a very interesting, by the way, and then I'm going to get to our callers. Again, 347-539-5122, press 1 on the keypad. Our, our guest today at the second half of the program is Dr. Hassan Teke, and his recent book is The Art of Human Care, which is what we're going to talk about. And I always find it so interesting that my meditation or what I decide to tune in on or what I receive from my guides is always in tandem. This care, whether online, this idea of support, is not only important but crucial and will be a cornerstone, cornerstone stone of the new emerging consciousness. And so we're all getting a taste of it right now. Many of us, it's by um, choice, right? It's by our own volition of what we're awakening to. So you may want to look at that even in your own life of asking for support, wanting to be supported, opening to not have to do it all on your own. Maybe you have that extra five or ten minutes to talk to somebody or reach out to someone or be there. Or maybe it's a post that you do. Maybe it's a sharing. You know, maybe it's gifting or donation, or maybe it's something that you have extra of. But if you're going to see and feel more of that coming from your heart of, I want to reach out, I want to connect. And it, all, it has a lot to do with our humanity. Because interesting enough, this next level of ascension um, and awakening has a lot to do with our humanness, what seems frail or vulnerable, as well as our body. Because our body is very strong, very durable, but is also pretty vulnerable and fragile. So it's reconciling those seemingly opposite energies that are really complementary within ourselves that we begin to do that in society. 
that we begin to do that more in ourselves. And so we rise above those extremes of duality. And the other thing you're going to be noticing is perhaps the feeling or that you're being initiated or going through this passageway or this gateway, that everything is so intense, everything is so difficult, or there's so much to do, or you feel stretched. It is an initiation to hand things over to spirit, to the higher self. In fact, even think of with COVID, it's about connecting to the spirit or our spirit, the spiritual aspect of us, which is all spirit. But some parts of us as spirit in form are more extended or expanded in consciousness, right? Or are understanding that we're not doing it alone and we're not alone. So there may be some things that you feel like you need to do or wrap up because you're going to be, there's going to be a lot of new directions, especially as we get closer to the end of the year. I think November, December into January, February, uh, what I've been seeing and the astrological aspects point out to this too is kind of another exodus, whether it's moving, moving in someplace, out of someplace, lifestyle changes, uh, changes, even further changes as to how we work, how we connect, what is important to us. And so within that, many of you are perhaps getting inspired. You're getting this, this kind of great opening, you know, or nudge or push from spirit to go in a certain direction or to do something different. You know, or what you're, what you're doing, maybe somehow change it up or do it differently. And the key is what brings you more joy, what feels more essential, what creates that heart opening, what lets you feel more connected to everything and everyone, what makes your heart sing. Those are the directions to go in and of the belief that, that you can make it work out. Somehow it will work out. All right, let's get to callers. Again, the number 347-539-5122 plus one on your keypad to get on air. 347-539-5122 press one on your keypad to get on air if you have a question or comment. Hello, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hello, welcome. You're on air. 651, you're on air. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I apologize. I I didn't realize you were talking to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Hey, what's your first name? I'm Jody. I you know I just wanted to let you know I I called before, and um, I had asked about my job, and um, you had come to me and said I was going to be moving, and it was two days later. Our general manager called me and said guess what? We're moving. So I, oh said, I wanted to let you know that that, that was, that actually happened. It wasn't exactly the way I thought. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. Oh, I get to move. I get to do a new job, but we did move our office. So you did um, move the office. Oh my gosh. We okay. did. Wow. We, did. we moved in. Yeah. We moved into temporary space. Um, I, but this job, I continue to just, I'm successful with it, but it it is not monetarily great, and it's super stressful. It's a, I I'm a designer, and I 
I think in pictures, I just, and I want to, I want to do something else. And I, I feel like I, I don't want to walk away from what I'm actually doing. I just feel like there's a higher calling. I want to help people. And I've dabbled in feng shui. I've got my own pendulum and I, I love doing that too. But I, is this job going to help people in a different way? Stuck here? But you still help. Well, no, you still help people. So you let's reframe it because you want you want, and this is good for everyone to know. When you want to manifest or draw something in, you have to look at how what you're doing. You want to harness mm-hmm. that energy, kind of use it as a stepping stone energetically. So okay. you have to acknowledge what you're doing now is helping people. Okay, I. I agree with that. I am helping people. I Yeah. It's it's just in a it's just in a different a different way of my I guess my my vision. Yes, I am. I do. I Well, it I, doesn't I, matter see cuz then we start confusing the the our, so just really own how you're helping people and whatever you want to do next level, next incarnation, next wave that may be mm-hmm. more fulfilling, find small ways to do that where you are now. Okay. Okay. So there can be small ways that what you, how you help people or what you, what you want to do, and it could even sometimes even be by intention or how you show up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What your focus mm-hmm. is. Um, while you put it out there, you know, in your mind, and maybe just even to other people, that there's there's other ways you now want to help. So the universe mm-hmm. really works mm-hmm. really well when we harness the energy, when we say, and this, I want to do this, and this. Mm-hmm. Not the either or. So when we, when we work at oh. this, I am doing this, yes, I am doing this, but I also want to do it this way. Or this mm-hmm. way is even more is even more fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. So okay. how how can I yes? So how can I how can I do? Um, how can I make those little adjustments where it's more in alignment to how I'm feeling now and how I want to do it now? Okay. Uh, right. That. So, yeah, I'm trying to paint myself a picture because I've I've been to pictures. Uh, I'm trying to see, trying to get a feeling for what that looks for looks like. So maybe that's maybe that's a, a meditation question. You know, maybe I just it could be. I mean, years ago when I was modeling, when I had a bit of a, a dip, I was still modeling, but I had more space. I started a business called the Models Workshop. The Models Workshop uh, by working models. Everybody that um, came in, whether photographers, hairdressers, to do the workshops, uh, we're all working. So these new models had people, if that was one of the criteria, they had to be working in the field. And okay. I had, it was kind of, it was kind of a joke because people, I, got, I, I did a lot, I worked with um, the top talent agencies in LA at the, um, just helping them hone their talent. And right. I, my my reputation was, oh, Michelle, she does the inner and outer, because I always mm-hmm. talked about the inner, the inner empowerment. Only what it wasn't only about the outer. I talked about meditation, 
So I don't know how that would translate with what you're doing, but there's always uh-huh. a way to weave in what you're about. Like even, uh-huh. I'll give you an example. One, one of my uh, clients at the dentist, she says, she does work with me, and she said, mentioned to somebody at the office, that one of the administrators, about meditation that she does. And they were like, oh, that's so important. That's so good. We, we need to do that. Maybe we should bring meditation or mindfulness into the office. So it's just dropping a little. That's what your soul is craving, Jody. It's craving you just being more you where you're, wherever yes. you go. Finding ways to drop that, to drop that little by little while you start creating that next step, that next wave, that next soul wave. But whatever we create, it's out of what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to negate that. So the more you can kind of get in, you know, get into what you're already doing, um, the the more that you will find the direction mm-hmm. to make the change mm-hmm. that you want to that you want to make. But it is going to take mm-hmm. some self inquiry. I feel with you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that. Okay. You know, that's the, you're kind of in the seeker explorer mode. I am. <laughs> yes. So let yourself do that, but then start by, you know, doing again, making those little adjustments so you're showing up more and more connected to your soul, more and more fully you. That there's not this disconnect. Okay. 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 That okay. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. All right. Well, I really appreciate the time that you you spent with me. And um, you know, is there anything that you you see coming up? Any more? Any more? You're moving? Because <laughs> that uh, was hilarious. No, you know, I really see that you're in the secret explorer mode, and I feel like the transit reason you're in the job that you're at is because you could do it blindfolded. And that's what spirit will do, our higher self. Yeah, it, it puts – you don't get the new job until you find out – until the next level of the initiation, the, the new direction okay. comes. Like every big change we have, external change, comes from an inner change, right? So that's right. Your, kind of your little mission or job right now is to, is to really get into your spirit, your spirituality, what does your soul need and want, spiritual practice. And really mm-hmm. do that and then find ways to be more soul connected as you show up at that job, that position. And mm-hmm. then you shift the vibrational frequency, then it's easier to either make the changes and or draw in the situation. Like mm-hmm. I had a client I worked mm-hmm. with a while back who really, really wanted to do readings and was in a corporate um, job. And I told the same thing I'm telling you, gave that advice. And after a while, they started doing readings for their friends. Um, they were doing readings on their own, you know, for themselves for a while. And they started doing readings for themselves, on their friends. And then all of a sudden, they, they told me, oh, I really want to do readings. I keep getting people asking. And I still still do readings. Well, I'm still at this job. I said, well, you can still be at this job and do readings. And then once that builds up, then you can leave the job. But that's the message. Now all these people were coming oh, can you read from my Aunt Sally or Jim or Tim? Or can I, Oh, that reading was good or you really helped me. Can I get another one from you? That's when you start, that's the natural flow of the soul. That's when you start saying, okay, yeah, I'm doing this thing now. And you can donate or this is my fee, whatever it is. And then you then that's 
now you're on that next leg or level of the transition, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I, now I hear what you're saying. Okay. I hear cool. what you're saying. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Oh, Jody, we will want to know. I will. We will be. I to We're with with you on this journey. Thank you. And that crazy move happened. So. And you're right where you need to be so that you can do the Again, press 1 on your keypad if you have a question or a comment. If you don't press 1, then I just think you're listening by phone. Okay, so we've got uh, Joy Fun Happiness. I'm looking for employment, and I had an interview today and also applied for some positions. I feel I have a fear of not being valued or appreciated or people seeing I'm a value or an asset or fear of not having money. I'm wondering that what's blocking. Okay, let's see. Well, everyone has that to some degree. It's just can you switch it up? Can you switch it so that it's not a consistent thought or belief? It's a fleeting one. Let's see. Joy, fun, happiness. Let's see. Well, it's saying persistent effort, but it is working with your thoughts. So, in other words, if we do have these thoughts, then we maybe even need to work with somebody. I've got my five-step emotional clearing process. You can copy and paste that process uh, from my website, soulplayground.life. Or if you want the, the, that's the basic. If you want the advanced and understand how the mind works, you can get um, the five-step emotional clearing process CD. Um, working with someone, there's certain Books or certain things you can watch on TV or documentaries. You're welcome, Joyce on Happiness. Yeah, when we recognize these things, when we realize, and believe me, I have it too. I just, I just know that's that's my human experience. That's not my total consciousness. I actually prepare. I will read certain things. I won't watch certain things. I won't talk to certain people. You know what I mean? So we all have our own next level we have to go through. And knowing ourselves and loving ourselves means that we do what we need to to get over the hump, to get over, you know, like for sure if I was going on an interview and I felt lack of self-esteem and I'm worrying about money, I would shift that before I went on the interview, whether in person or Zoom or however it's happening. I would definitely – do a mini meditation, contemplation meditation of all the things I've come through. I'd look at my, my gifts. I call a friend that's supportive that, you know, that we all have them or we should, we need to people that see beyond that say you're so gifted or this, you know, they're not BSing you. They really do see your gifts or I read something inspirational and I always would meditate. I meditate. You know, I woke up today and I don't know exactly why I felt a bit off and I thought, oh no, I can't breathe. And it was some kind of anxiety passing through. Right away, I turned on YouTube to put some good music, some meditation music, and then I and then I thought, no, Michelle, you better get the big guns out today, right now. Did my mantra meditation, shifted it, got on my little Zafu pillow, did my Om Namah Shivaya meditation. 
<laughs> it shifted the energy. I'm like, okay, what, what's going on here? Um, that happens to so many of us in, a, in our old world. That happens to so many of us and more of us in this world, in this new world that we're this in-between world, right? Um, I, for some reason, get anxiety when applying or interviewing, not sure if it's fear of not being good enough. I feel like here's the thing sometimes. Unless you're working with somebody, it's a, it's a rabbit hole to get into of the reason why, okay? If you're going to work with a, a, a therapist, a guide, you know, hypnotherapist, soul coach, spiritual life coach, whatever, coach, then but what you can do is acknowledge. In fact, I have an amazing meditation, you guys. Um, shift that shut stuff up. Yeah, I have an amazing meditation on my YouTube channel called an Ascension Attunement. You actually, it's guided meditation. It's a very powerful process. Because you get into the energy of what you don't want to feel. You actually, maybe I'm going to do it actually. Why myself? <laughs> Michelle, I think I'm going to do it. You actually get into the energy of what you don't want to feel, okay? And then you focus on the complementary or what we feel is the opposite. But you begin to see this is, this is a way to help people shift out of the extremes of polarity. Because the truth is, unless there's something. It, clinical, but even in clinical depression, there still is joy in there. You may not be able to access it as much. But the truth is, even when we feel anxiety, there is a peaceful calm place in, in us. We just have to access it and connect more to that. One thing that can help with anxiety is taking a slow, relaxing, non-pushy breath in and then breathing out through your mouth like breathing out through a, a straw. And that engages the vagus nerve that goes from the throat all the way to the abdomen, the stomach, and begins to relax that. Even if people, you have no anxiety to hardly anxiety, many people are experiencing anxiety right now because, in fact, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. I said, look, we are in, we're in a pro people have post-traumatic stress disorder. There is po you're in a, but we have post-traumatic stress disorder with a re-stimulation of the original stress and new stress on top of that, the job, career, money, you know, uncertainty, you know, that's all. So a lot of times when you're healing from, because I work with that as a hypnotherapist, usually when a person starts um, post-traumatic stress disorder usually happens after the event, anywhere from a you know, if you're lucky, a few days, but usually it's a few months um, when you're out of the situation. So we had a little reprieve, right, with this COVID and all that it's pandemic, all that's in there. And, and let's throw in, you know, the civil unrest and the people's lives matter. And yeah, let's, let's throw it all in there, the job, the career, the government, throw it all in there. Um, so just as there's like a little whoop, little breathing room, uh-oh, here it happens again, this and that, and statistics on the, and this person, you know. So there's, you're going to have to find those respites right now where you can heal, like a little shelf. Go over to the shelf, you know, you're on a hike, 
Go over to the grassy patch. Go sit under the tree. Find those ways, those tools. I know for me, mantra meditation greatly helps me. I also talk to a friend. I talk to one friend that's kind of so-so and keeps very busy, so doesn't go deep and deal with stuff. But they had called me, so I wanted to call them back. And then I called another friend after that that goes deep and does their stuff and is very connected to world events. And we really dive deep. Um, so that's what I would suggest. You've got um, but telling yourself, I keep telling myself I have value and great. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. That's why I always say you cannot, no matter how many posting notes, you put up, it's not going to work because it's the subconscious, right? It's the subconscious. It's the subconscious part of you. So you have to bypass the cognitive thinking. That's the quickest way and, and most lasting. Use the meditative state. That's why things like repatterning, you know, meditation, uh, patheta healing, hypnotherapy, regression, wherever you're bypassing because the surface mind hardly has any juice. It's beta. You need to get into the alpha theta. Um, or delta deep sleep, then it's working on the subconscious or the unconscious, subconscious to unconscious. But that's what I would suggest to you. There's no easy answer. You've got to do the work. Um, I'm not sure that I do have blocks. I'm just aware I haven't attracted employment yet. Well, then there's something you need to focus, you need to work on, that you're bringing it up. I wouldn't even attach it to employment. I would just, if you have these feelings of not feeling good enough or you feel blocked, then be in your joy, your love, your self-care, your self-empowerment to do what shifts that energy. I think Tammy put stuff up. Yeah. Uh, joy, fun, happiness. Thank you. I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was like a, like a panacea or a, it's just we got to all do the work. You know, even as some people would perceive how conscious or evolved I am and long on a path, so I, I still have things, you know. And this morning I didn't feel like delving in. It was like I just need to shift this energy. What something's going on? Something's going on. How can I support myself? How can I move more in that place of oneness? Sometimes we can. Sometimes we can. Sometimes we do it easier than other times. Sometimes not. But the fact is to have those tools, to have those places of respite, to have those people, or like awakenings. I'm glad that Joy, Fun, Happiness, that you reached out. I mean, this is a lot of what awakenings is about on a community level. That's why I keep, I've done this for so long, you know. I don't even know how long. How long. <laughs> um, because I think it's so important. I think there needs to be places online and offline, it's funny we used to say IRL, in real life, it's all real life, it's all real life now, you know, it, it's, it, however the support is there, you feel it energetically, sometimes you feel it energetically even more online, or with the group that you're connecting with, or the person you're connecting with, than someone that's right in front of you, because they're the real deal and dialed in, and you're meeting them in that real deal place within yeah, 11 or 12. Yeah, 11 or 12. So, yeah, I think so, 11 years. Yay, Tammy. <laughs> Tammy, we have the OGs in the house, people that have been here, um, people that come through, you know, 
Um, yeah, George Steinhack, check out my YouTube page. Let's just find the resources. We all have to eventually, we have to do the tool or the work. That, that's it. Whatever you want to call it. Read the book. Make the choice. I'm freaking out. Do I watch the news? Or do I listen to that music or that person, you know, on YouTube that's talking about positive possibilities and where we're going? Do you know what I mean? It's like at some point we got to do the choice because that's just how this earth plane is. Nothing gets done unless we have to eventually, even if you get the divine nudge or I've had healings, major healings. I had one from Ama after a car accident where my injury just completely went away. I still had to take care of my body and maintain my body and eat well. So I think we're all getting that. It's fascinating the guests that we're going to have today because I do feel this is about the human care, the humanness. I know that my awakening got deeper and more to the next level, my, my psychic gifts and spiritual gifts and working with those on the quote-unquote other side vibrationally. Um, hearing those ohms and celestial sounds. That came to me at a very difficult and vulnerable point. It really marinating in my humanness, um, knowing that everything is spirit, everything is divine. You know, even if you're a star seed or light worker, it doesn't matter. You're still incarnated in this dimension. This dimensional part of you has a human aspect of your being. And that is sacred and holy. That is not to be, in the old paradigm, it was kind of, you know, stiff upper lift, toughen up. Even in some of the main religions, it was like pray it away, get out of the body, get out of the sensual, meditate, rise above, you know, get out. But we're here to be embodied and embody this higher frequency energy within the human body. So all of that brings the shadow, it brings all the shadow repressed, and suppress material up and there's a lot of fear right now of the, of the body is it going to be healthy is it going to be okay am i have enough food or money what about the job what about the restaurant you know the government what about this and that and the you know this what about what about what about what about it all relates to physicality and physical existence existence on the earth plane so we're really being challenged. It's going to be eased up as we get into as Saturn leaves um, Capricorn, but we still have Pluto and Jupiter there fanning the flames. But there is going to be an easing up, but the easing up is connecting more to what's essential, this kind of connecting, honest to honest. Like, hey, I had some anxiety today, and this is what I did. I don't know. Try it. Um, like keeping it real, you know, a real deal connecting. Because that's what's required. That's what people are asking for. That's what I'm asking for. That's what you're asking for. That's how you're showing up. So find places that you can have that or do that. Um, let's see. Root chakra step. Yeah, Tammy. There's a lot from the root and actually earth star root, you know, up into that solar plexus that needs to now be re you know, readdressed and then to connect into the heart center. But rising out of duality is a big part of it. Okay, let's get the next caller. Hello, welcome. You're on Awakenings. Hi, my name's Jewel. Hey, Jewel. Welcome to the program. Hey. Um, hey. I was calling. I, my question is, is um, 
I was wondering if I was on the right path. Like, I feel a little lost lately at times. Um, it's kind of like a roller coaster. Like, sometimes I feel really good, and sometimes I feel like I'm totally doing the wrong thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was wondering if my spirits have a message for me. Okay. Well, you're um, okay. I want to. By the yeah, you're building a new foundation. By the way, what what um, do you have Earth in your chart? Do you know? Do you know your chart? Um, I don't know. You don't know. Do you know what's your sun sign? Um, I'm Scorpio. Ah, water. Okay. Yeah. So Earth and water are really getting it. Um, the first thing I heard was you're building a new foundation. And, yes, you, there, I do see there's a lot of doubt. Like you go a couple steps forward and then you're kind of uncertain. You kind of wobbly a little bit because it's almost like you're out in one of those. I see it like it's one of those bridges, especially in the far east, those rope bridges or in the jungles, and you're looking below, uh-huh. you know. Don't look below. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I feel that you're working on this. why I asked about the, or the Saturn lesson of consistency and per, perseverance, persistence perseverance mm-hmm. to keep on keeping on that that to trust your vision so your vision is like a beacon of light and so just expect there might be some doubt along the way or stumbles but then refocus on your vision now I feel like the last three four years have been very transitional for you and transformational so you are coming out of something that I feel you're going to feel like you're on a firmer foundation. All this doubt, I feel, especially towards the close of the year, is going to be greatly minimized or gone. You're going to, I feel mm-hmm. like what's coming up for you is out of this doubt comes conviction. Like there's okay. something like, um, like see, your legs are getting stronger somehow. There is this strength that's coming in. But you're learning this lesson, and the only way to learn it is to go through it. I don't know what your vision, but I see like it's almost like I'm seeing it a couple of ways. I see it like it's this bright light, this like star, and then I almost feel like in the tunnel, it's like the light of the train. You're seeing it, so you're meeting uh-huh. you're meeting your vision. It's not far off. Whatever it is you're creating, um, uh-huh. now it might also require a move or movement is what I'm hearing. Does that make sense? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So let's see from spirit. Yeah, you're definitely um well that is from spirit they said. So Well, there may be some people you leave behind. Uh-huh. There there could have been some people you left behind. Um or you have a different relationship to them. They said you got to just trust. It's a lot of self-trust. Trust in the self that's the higher self. And one foot in front of the other. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the deviate. I'm seeing you're on this track, and you just got to walk through it. So okay. I, they're telling me you're on the right track or right path. Yeah. It just seems so difficult right now. I feel like in the past I know. it was easier to do, and right now it's like, super difficult. Um, what did you uh, say what now? Yeah. I just feel like now it's uh, much more difficult. Um, yeah. So it's way? hard to trust. Yes. Um, this, yeah, it's just hard to trust. So I feel like yeah, I have a lot. Ch- um, you, could, you have a lot what? 
Like, there's a lot on my plate. Uh, yes. And it's hard. Yeah. I hear you, Jewel. And Tammy's saying, it sounds like this reading is true for all of us. Perseverance and flexibility hold up to its vision. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's harder. I mean, it's it's on some level there can also be a lot more abundance and thriving, but there it, it's taking a lot to get through this. And I even feel like there's more work or burdens or responsibility. There's more to do, but more that has to be done. Right. And part of it is because we're really learning a new way, and and that's the thing. The old way is gone. We are we are like. I don't know, the gold rush days, whatever. We're, you know, we're having to find where's the water, where's the well. Oh, the well has a big rock in it. How do we get the rock out of the well now? Oh, the children are screaming. They're hungry. What? Okay, we're, you know, got to go hunt. Oh, I found some corn. What, you know, right. so, yeah, that, it's going to get, I, I want to say the way that it's going to get easier is we're getting more used to it, and I cannot stress enough you have to take breaks. I had to take a, a break Sunday, Monday, and even part of Tuesday. I, I had my assistant. I said, don't book anybody until that late afternoon. And I just uh-huh. rested. I just, because what we're going through is exhausting. Stress is exhausting. Being in the unknown for as long. It's not that we're just individually in the unknown. It's that the, our surface mind, our reptilian brain, you know, that's connected to the medulla oblongata, the back of the limbic, which is our emotions, is wired to perceive what isn't survival and so and what, what is life threatening. So we're on hypervigilance. No matter how much tools you use, it's still eking in because we know the the, the big system of things. That's why back in the old days, you know, a few years ago, if you were going through ups and downs and bad, you know, and uncertainty it was, yeah, scary, but, but you didn't have this subconscious thing kicking in going, warning, 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 you know, because things were kind of in place, you know, there, there was uh-huh. this system in place that you could depend on, and that's dismantling right now. So I would suggest you just find, you're on the right track, find the respite, find, you know, when you're feeling tired or you're feeling anxious, do something instead of trying to push through it mm-hmm. because, because it'll leave, it'll, it'll abate, it'll get less, but you can't push through it, you know, and let me go with what's the spring in the air. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. So we really are getting our body in shape to be able to handle this, the mental, emotional, physical body. And the one component is spirit. That seems to help us. Spirit, inspiration, aspiration, upliftment. I don't even want to say mm-hmm. truth. I mean genuine, real deal. Like when somebody says that's the real deal. It's beyond truth. Right. It's like, okay. So as you, as you can align as much as you can to that, that's going to be very helpful for you. That's going to be very supportive for you. Okay. And okay. Um, I hope I help. Do the... Oh, you did. And do, do the guides have anything to say? Like, that's the guides. That's the guides. That's well, I mean, what I channel. Like, I feel like part of I got a scoot, Joel. Keep listening. We have okay. our guest that's going to be coming on. That's I got a scoot. I gave you a lot of time. You're so welcome. No, thank you. Okay. You're so welcome. I think we have time for one more. 
call, and then we have our guests coming. Hello, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing great. Who's this? This is Danielle. Um, I called a while back, but um, I'm happy to connect with you again. Danielle, yeah. Danielle. Okay, Danielle. Hi. Did you have a question? Yeah, I'm in like a bit of transition, kind of like Jewel, so it was really helpful to hear that reading. But I was hoping, um, I don't know if you picked up anything on like the next steps, like what are the right next steps for me? I'm in like a situation where I kind of trusted spirit to um, to kind of just take a leap of faith, and I'm wondering if you have any insights into that. Okay, let's see. And remember, I always say, spirit, your higher self isn't going to have you sell everything and go on a backpack trip, like leave the family. So there's always steps that we can kind of either see little steps or feel something. So, um, okay. So what is your question? What is your question, Danielle? What is, um, because I feel you're on the right path, but I also feel like a little bit like our caller before you. It's there's a trust issue. Because we yeah, all, I think Tammy put in the chat, stamina, rest is so important. I feel all of us in a way, we're like stepping on this. We feel guided by spirit. We get the confirmation, our spirit, our higher self. And then, of course, the ego looks around and goes, wait, where? okay, I don't see the bridge built. There's only two steps. You know what I mean? And But the rest of the bridge is in the clouds. So I feel with you, it's just similar. It, it is about getting the confirmation. And I do feel with you, though, also, you really need to be aware of what influences you're letting in. I don't know if you're aware of that. Mm. No, I'm not. So whether it's other people or news, what, I feel there's a situation around that. Did you have a conversation with somebody recently? Um, yeah, I've been having a lot of conversations, actually, Yeah. around this particular okay. leap of faith. Around what? Around, like, this particular next step. Yes, but make sure that those people are working through their stuff and can give you, you know, and can can help support you and confirm what you're doing and and not put the fear or doubt in, right? Not connect to your own inner fear or doubt. Or if they do, they can process through and you can process through. Because I feel like you're kind of getting pulled in different directions or getting told different things, and now you're doubting yourself more. Mm, so, yeah, right? It's kind of like a diet. We, you know, we've, eventually we've got to find out it's not about vegan, you know, vegetarian, you know, carnivore, you know, all these things. What's the one that works for you? And that's where you are on your part of your path is discerning what rings true to you, what feels reconciles the opposites within you enough that gives you a sense of that confirmation. Okay? Mm. Does that help at all? No, that's super helpful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Okay. Take good care. We've got a great guest on, so... Hang on. So important where we get our support, our information. I mean, the first person I talked to, I didn't go into what I was going through this morning because they're not there. I, I don't need to hear happy, whole, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you got to know where, where to get your support or your information. 
All right, we have a great guest. Um, if you're at the top of the program, I shared a little bit about him. Uh, Dr. Hassan Tete is our guest today, and many call him a bit of an unconventional doctor. After a near-death experience caused him to go beyond the body, in 2011, he, deployed, he was deployed as a trauma surgeon to Afghanistan's Helmand and Nimroz provinces in support of Operation Enduring Freedom uh, with the Marine Expeditionary Forces. He supported special unit forces missions to South America, the Middle East, the South Pacific, Australia, and Africa. He earned both the Surface Warfare Medical Department Officer and Fleet Marine Force Qualified Officers designations, and his military honors include two Meritorious Service Medals and the Joint Service Commendation Medal. After his life-threatening missions, he discovered that survival has more to do with the health of spirit than it does with the physical vehicle that carries it. He's a best-selling author of Gifts of the Heart, Star Patrol, Seven Pillars of Life, and his most recent, The Art of Human Care. Now, welcome to the program, Dr. Hassan Tete. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for that kind introduction. It's a pleasure to be here, oh. and thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience. Oh, you know what, uh, Dr. Tete, I was saying at the beginning of the program, um, I was doing a bit of my sharing and talk, um, that it's always so synchronistic, and I, I mentioned that you'd be coming on. Um, we're getting so many calls and people, and I'm even getting comments on other my YouTube channel and such, of what is going on or how do we deal with this. It's our humanness. How do we deal with this plight? This, um, and of course, you've been in situations where you were in those kinds of circumstances for a very long period of time. Um, which brings me to one question: I wasn't, I wasn't going there, but I am going to interject. How did you survive? How, by being in a constant state of trauma and re-stimulation of that trauma, um, perhaps even say post-traumatic stress disorder or post you know, trauma and then the, after the trauma. Um, what do you feel helped you? Wow, that's a really good question. I, I think there's a, there's a number of things that helped me, I, I, you know, and, and depending on the sort of time in my life, I can reflect back on, on, you know, how that trauma impacted me. So, you know, going way back to undergrad, you talked about my near-death experience uh, in that it was the realization and, and, and the hope uh, of, of this purpose that I thought was innately in me, which is I, I, was, I was destined to be a healer. I just interviewed at medical school, uh, and now this uh, serious illness befell, you know, befell me, but I wanted to, I wanted to uh, overcome that uh, so that I could live to become a, a healer and, and, and uh, someone that could you know, become a doctor. And I think that was the purpose that gave me the, the drive to continue. Um, you know, fast forward, you know, the military experience that you were just talking about, that was a very traumatic experience. And there I think I leaned on family, I leaned on faith, and I also leaned on my colleagues and my brothers and sisters that were out mm -hmm. in the same circumstances as we were in. And, and we, we sort of collectively agreed that we were there to, to protect each other and bring each other home, despite, you know, the, the, the trauma and the stress and the and sort of, chaos that was around us uh, and what we were witnessing from the injuries. 
and then maybe to bring it to more present uh, time uh, here in the midst of our COVID uh, crisis, uh, you know, very early on in the year, well before the pandemic was sort of declared an emergency and we, we were, we were, you know, teleworking and all, uh, you know, uh, sort of hunkered down. I began the year much like many people do with this optimism and this, uh, you know, sort of full uh, faith that, that, that all my plans would, would, you know, come to fruition, or at least I'd help to, I'd be working toward all those plans coming to fruition. And then, of course, the, the COVID crisis came. I just released a new book, The Art of Human Care. I had a very robust book tour schedule, lots of different places that we were going to visit, and all of that went away. And many, and much, and like many others, um, you know, I, 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 I think I, I fell into this, uh, you know, deep funk, uh, which, you know, many are still in. And, you know, to some extent, mm-hmm. it's a daily battle that sort of uh, reconciled. Uh, and what happened during that time, Michelle, is, is that, I, I started to really um, appreciate what was happening around me. Uh, and I was, uh, as a healthcare provider, as a surgeon, I'm a heart and lung surgeon. Uh, I'm also, uh, you know, a family person. I have uh, a wife and, and two children and, and, and family members, which is where I grew up. I, I started to um, feel this grief because uh, my family members were suffering. And unfortunately, I lost two aunts and an uncle, uh, and in the midst of, of, of COVID early in the spring at a time when, you know, no visitations were allowed to the hospitals, uh, uh, you know, these family members and loved ones died in isolation without, you know, our family around oh. and without even the opportunity to mourn with them because you weren't able to do that. In fact, one of my aunts spent, you know, several weeks in a refrigerated truck because the morgue was oh, at capacity... Gosh. And the funeral homes were not able to accommodate her. And so I had this grief. I had this perspective mm. of being a healthcare provider, seeing this very devastating and, and terrible disease that was ravaging, you know, so many, um, so, many, uh, so many people around the world and now has claimed well over 200,000 lives here in, in the U.S. alone. Your loved ones. And then I, yeah, and loved ones, right, and folks that I knew uh, dearly, uh, you know, in fact, you know, my aunt that, that passed, she was in our home in February talking about, you know, her return visit in the spring when my daughter would graduate oh. from middle school and, and have her confirmation. And and so now, you know, here we were dealing with her loss. And so that grief, that perspective, uh, and, and you know, everything else that was going on led to frustration, which I think is a, mm-hmm. almost a daily feeling that many of us are dealing with. But through all of that, Michelle, I think what what emerged was, again, um, the actual tenets and the principles that I I recognized were really inherent in the book and really were a manifestation of all the things that I've, you know, dealt with and and have experienced throughout life. Uh, Those things that bring purpose, um, you know, finding personalization and partnering with others uh, like your audience is doing with you to sort of reconcile and, and find a, a, a better place to go, you know, and, and, and elevate to a higher place and bring your spirit with you along. So I found myself in the middle of May, you know, having to deal with staying in this funk or really emerging from it and mm. elevating myself to a higher, higher place. And, and fortunately, I think the one principle that, that allowed me to do that beyond all of the things that I just described in the past 
was this one thing, which was gratitude, because it was in the perspective that I had that I recognized that I was still here among the living, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. fortunately still have a health and I still have a sound mind and body. And with that, uh, then I had everything that I needed to, you know, uh, move myself and my family, my friends and, 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 uh, and others to a higher place. And, and being a pupil and, and a study of pandemics and, and uh, one that has always been fascinated with how they change fundamentally society, uh, how they impact politics, the economy, uh, our social fabric and technology, I recognize that, you know, humans have always dealt with pandemics. We have emerged from pandemics, and oftentimes we've, we've moved to a better place. Uh, and it was all of those things, but principally the gratitude of understanding where I was uh, and the opportunity that I had ahead to make this a better, a better time and a better experience than what had already happened in the weeks and months before. So a long-winded way to answer your question, but I think it, it conveys a lot of, of what you were asking. Oh, yeah, that's what we wanted to know, because the bare bones, I put in the chat, let's just get to the tea. <laughs> let's get to the bare bones of it, um, right? Because honestly, if you, if you haven't... Um, gone through, you know, and I've gone through some pretty traumatic things and also helping people, you know, pass on and, but this is like, like, on you know, this is like to the 10th degree. Most people aren't equipped unless you've gone through, you know, war or you are a doctor, you know, and maybe emergency care or you're working with patients and you have this background as you speak about pandemics. I do do my history lesson though. I always do when stuff happens, I go, okay, happened so many years we get through this that you know but still it, that helps cognitively but um unless you have that training it, it, it is very you're kind of winging it you know we're all mm-hmm. winging it um and i do love what you're saying the appreciation or gratitude uh partnering with others that you say, and the, now a couple of things you said I found interesting because I get the gratitude, health, the purpose, and then you said elevation, elevate, elevate others, and I, I do believe that was also in your bio. This idea of elevation or elevating, right? Yeah, I, I think that you know that's uh, you know the principle of, of, of positive thinking that, that has been well espoused by so many. Uh, I think is, is certainly that's where some of that basis comes from. But where I where I where I get to this issue of purpose, it really comes from again very very early on that experience of of, of you know sort of being on the proverbial deathbed, uh, but yet you know having something bigger to live for. And it's something that I've seen reinforced with mm. my patients over the course of my career. I'll have patients that, you know, have very significant heart disease and, and they'll need a surgery and, and a, a pretty big surgery. And often their their mental disposition of, of how they enter that procedure or how they're facing the challenge of, of the recovery and the procedure and the operation and, and, and the whole ordeal I think has a lot to do with how they kind of come out on the other side and, and how I glean or appreciate where they are in, in sort of this world and, and, and where they are in their journey of, of what their purpose is and what they have to live for beyond this, this ordeal is I ask them really poignant questions like what, what is it that you like to do? What are your hobbies? What is your work? If you're mm-hmm. retired, what do you do in your spare time? 
Do you have grandchildren? That that's probably one of the, the, the greatest reasons for for individuals wanting to live, for grandchildren and their families. And and so all of those things come into play and I ask those questions and I try and get an understanding and an appreciation for what it is that makes an individual tick. Like what is it about, you know, their life that, that makes it meaningful and makes it, you know, worthwhile for them to want to fight whatever the condition is. Now, I will say mm-hmm. I've unfortunately encountered folks that don't really have really good answers to those things because, you know, for whatever reason, they have been isolated. They have maybe not had anything that they were working toward, and those are really unfortunate situations. And, and at that same time, when they're facing, you know, a, a pretty significant illness or even something that might not be so so serious in, in other other circumstances, their lack of will and, and, and not really having a purpose or, or something to live for can really impact how they are going to face the course of their hospitalization, the procedure, and their recovery, and it impacts it in a negative way. Uh, and so sometimes I try and, and, and help uh, appreciate or understand if they are in that state, you know, is there something that I could, you know, provide in terms of a perspective uh, because this, mm-hmm. this issue of purpose is a very interesting thing. You know, it's very hard to corner someone and say, hey, what's your purpose, Michelle? And, and you know, have you yeah. just give a very eloquent answer because sometimes it's, it's not something that's immediately apparent. But it's, it's mm-hmm. oftentimes, at least in my observation, that people start to do things for others uh, and in their work that they discover their purpose. So you discover your purpose is helping others by having this platform where you have people call in and you can you can share your experience with them. You can you can relate how their story ties into others, and you can share wisdom and impart things to them that may be very inspirational and helpful. That's your purpose. Now you're helping people. You're helping to elevate people. Now you may not inherently think that's your purpose, but that is what you, your purpose is just by what you do. Uh, the same way a teacher is, you know, in, in imparting, you know, knowledge and wisdom and, and, and helping to uh, helping the next generation to grow, uh, you know, a doctor, of course, uh, a physician, a healer, uh, even people that are starting companies that are that are that are employing others that are giving people livelihoods. It, it's in this doing for others that I think people discover their true purpose. So I don't know if that that kind of helps give some color and context to to the to the, the principle of purpose and this elevation of others, but that's that's kind of what I intend uh, by by saying that. No, I think it's very helpful, and I know our our, our listeners are going to be getting a lot from it because they come here really wanting to know not all the answers, but how do we navigate? How do we get through um, this type of passage? Now. Um, Dr. Tete, is this is this also what you call the um, the health would fall under the health of spirit or health of the spirit? You said that's on that very kind of keen on that the health of the spirit. Yeah, well, I think it goes again back to you know this is all based on my experience, and so I I, I certainly don't mean to foist my you know uh, my opinions on 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 everyone else, but it's just that these are some of the observations that I've had with dealing with um, individuals that really significant health challenges, and at times also you know face life and death um, health issues. Uh, in my work in transplant surgery, for example, in heart and lung transplant. 
I see this continuum uh, on a daily basis and on a regular basis where you have folks that are end-stage re- end stage heart disease, end-stage lung disease that, you know, are really living each day to the max, right? And their spirit is, is so positive, mm. is, so full, is so full of life, even though their physical form is not so much so. And believe it or not, we take that into account as a collective team of, of professionals that take care of, of transplant patients, even as we're evaluating patients for, um, you know, their transplant uh, candidacy, we take into account what their disposition is, what's their physical and emotional state, their, their oh, health. Their oh, absolutely. They're behavioral health professionals that evaluate the, the sort of mental state and, and the condition of, of the transplant candidates. To, to see if, if, they're, if they're going to be in the right frame of mind to, to you know, undergo this journey, the wait, the wait list, the being on the wait list after the big procedure, the taking the medications, the follow-up, the rehab, all of those things, um, they all are, are sort of an assessment. Uh, an assessment's made not only in the physical form, but an assessment is made in the sort of, you know, psychological, spiritual, emotional, if you will, uh, state of the the patient because you want to make sure that they're they're in the right disposition so that they're prepared to undergo this really big challenge ahead of them and that they're going to be successful in in facing the challenge overcoming and 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 then again like I said sort of going to a higher place because when transplants go well especially in heart and lungs you know patients have this entire new lease on life and and fundamentally. Mm. And, 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 and sort of prerequisite to all of that is having the right state of mind and disposition well before your physical, you know, body is, is, is sort of repaired and, and, and healed in some ways. Wow, that's fantastic. I didn't realize that. That's amazing. It makes sense. I mean, training holistic health, so that holistic health practitioner, but I didn't know that in more conventional and traditional medicine they're actually looking at that aspect of the patient or, you know, is determining oh, yeah. the it, determinant. It, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's one of the reasons why I really love transplant, you know, medicine, transplant surgery specifically for my, in my role, but it, it's one of the holistic ways of approaching medicine. We have a team-based okay. approach to everything we do, the evaluation of the, of the, of the uh, patient, uh, understanding what their what their financial state is, their emotional state is, what their family state is, what kind of support system do they have? Are they going to have friends and family available to help them through this ordeal? Uh, you know, if you think about it, when we treat people that may have a sprained ankle or just hypertension or or, or diabetes, we don't really have this team based approach for the most part. But with transplant, right. we do because there's this precious gift that's going to be you know given to this individual. And we want to make sure that they are prepared in every way, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, socially, to be successful uh, throughout the entire process. Mm-hmm. And I like that you say it, it's like a, a new lease on life. You see it as Absolutely. a new lease on life. So tell us a little bit about this idea, because I feel like, you know, talking about the art of human care and everything so far that you've mentioned, I feel like during this time that all is in that the bucket of the pandemic and what all that brings up, I do feel there is this more keen and perhaps getting more and more diligent look at 
the physical body, physical, you know, mental, emotional care, but really care of the human, of, of, you know, of the human body, of the as we are on this this path, surveilling this earth as humans. You know, I, right. I feel almost like there's yeah. this bypass before there's this bypass. Nobody's thinking about the body, even though whipping themselves around in yoga, it's all, you know, just like, look what I can do, look, you know, or a trans bypassing. But this has really put um, a focus back on that, the human aspect of us. Like, what's your take on that? Sure. Yeah. I, I well, I'll, I'll address it in two ways. You're absolutely right. There, there, there is a renewed focus on 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 the body, on on health, uh, on all aspects of, of of things that we, you know, maybe for some in some ways, in many ways, actually may have taken for granted before the pandemic. I am I am one who <laughs> I am one who has always appreciated how important health is, how foundational it is to everything else, everything else that comes, how foundational it is before you can consider wealth, before you think about you know uh, how how mm-hmm. intellectually you're going to sort of advance in the world, how you're going to be creative as an artist, all of it is contingent and dependent on having health. Uh, in its most basic form. It's kind of like Maslow's triangle. You, you have to have, for those of you that are familiar with that construct, at the very base of the triangle, you have to have food, you know, shelter, safety, and then you can start thinking about, well, how am I going to, you know, self-actualize myself? How am I going to, you know, pursue who I'm supposed to be in this world? Well, even before food, you know, shelter and, 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 and safety you have to have health because you have to be healthy to have an appetite and, and to be able to consume food. You have to be healthy to be able to have the energy to build shelter and seek shelter out. You have to be healthy to mm-hmm. be able to defend yourself and, and be safe. And, and if anyone has really been sick, and not like a cold or a flu, but some, some, some sickness that has incapacitated you in such a way that you depend on others, that you're vulnerable, that you are fearful of actually losing your life and not being alive anymore, you realize how now nothing else matters, like absolutely nothing else mm-hmm. matters. The only thing that matters right now is getting better or getting to the physical state where I can now appreciate other things in life. And so health is really foundational and important, and I really – try and deliver that message uh, in a very powerful way using ancient stories and, and using, you know, my own anecdote and my own personal experience throughout the, the book and the art of human care. Uh, and then and more importantly, to address your question about this aspect of humans and care is this. The art of human care, in my opinion and in my estimation, is not meant to be a manifesto just for healthcare providers or for doctors or for folks that work in a hospital or a healthcare industry. In fact, it's, it's not necessarily meant for that audience entirely. It's really meant for all humans that care. And in that way, it's mm-hmm. a much larger audience that, that I'm trying to reach by sharing this very simple fact. Before we had modern healthcare, we knew it. We were surviving and, and living as a civilization, you know, for, 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 for hundreds of years. Uh, and it was the human that cared for another that really imparted what we call, yeah. what I'd like to call human care. And so if you're mm. a human and you care for others, then human care will, will, will resonate with you. And, and, and I think that the principles that I try and espouse of, pers- of purpose, of personalization, and partnerships sort of distill the elements of human care 
uh, into its most basic form so that, one, it's easy to understand, two, it's something that you can identify and appreciate, and three, something that you can now put to practice. All right, understanding that if I have a purpose, that's great. You know, that's going to be, you know, really helpful in, in helping me overcome challenges and negotiate the, 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 the travesties of life and the perils of life and, and those things that just don't go right sometimes. But also understanding personalization is important because not what works for, uh, for Hassan or, or for Michelle is going to work for Nancy or Sue or, or anyone else. Everything is going to be personalized because everyone has to be met in their stage and station in life. And then partnerships, because nothing great happens without having true partnerships. Um, if you think about, you know, the simplest thing is building a big building or just having a really great family, you really have a partnership that needs to have, you know, sort of its ties and its bonds and, and, and develop, uh, you know, as a kind of a community to really have great things happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why, too, when you're saying the art of human care, that human care of each other, that component. And I do think, I mean, the culture of kind of rising to the top, you know, we, many of us became in our little bubbles, you know, and, and a few people, but it still wasn't so personal. The idea of caring for someone else kind of, you know, you're busy. I'm busy. I can't do this. I got to do this. Or I got to speak here. I'm writing this. I'm going here. You know. Um, maybe this is a pause point, a reflection point, um, to see that as maybe one of the values, you know, because like you said, so profoundly put, you, you become very aware of that when you go through some kind of health crisis or challenge beyond a cold or flu or, you know, broken ankle or whatever, sprained ankle, you, you know, um, that can be that awareness um, now, I noticed, too, you called the art, and also you have some beautiful artwork I want to comment on, by your daughter, Ella, some beautiful artwork in the book. Right. Yeah. And you have in the title the art of human care, and what does that imply? Does that mean that it takes time to understand this or learn this or we all have our own way? What, what is that implication there? Yeah, that's a great question, Michelle. I think it implies and it's meant to convey all of the above, everything that you just said. You know, do you find your own way? Uh, is, is there some creativity there? Is, there, is, it, is, is there some science? Absolutely. But is there a lot of art? Absolutely. And, and then there's also a personal anecdote. You know, you, you mentioned that there, there's, there's pictures in there. Um, for as long as I, you know, have, 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 have been alive, I've always appreciated and loved art. Uh, and in fact, I wanted to be an artist when I, when I grew up early, even before be wanting to be a doctor. And I, I, uh, I grew up in New York city. And at the time I was a, a young graffiti artist and, and had a, a, a cadre of friends that, that were really, uh, you know, uh, astute, astute artists and, and sort of loved that, that art form. Love it. Uh, and I actually got accepted into art and design high school uh, as a as a you know young teenager, and my dad, who was a West African immigrant, uh, you know, was responsible for signing off, so giving me permission to go to the high school that I would ultimately go to. And when I had the choice of art and design high school, where I really wanted to go because all my friends were going there, and I really wanted to be an artist, and uh, an acceptance into a science and engineering school, Brooklyn Tech, uh, my dad, the immigrant, said, you're not going to art school because you're not going to make a living as an artist. So you're going to go to science and engineering school. <laughs> so 
I, you know, I feel like this inner artist has always been locked up in me, and that's probably why I gravitated to surgery because there is an amazing amount of creativity in surgery and, and this ability to be creative. And, and really, truly, in all of medicine, that's why we call it the art of medicine, and that's why you'll hear people talk, you know, very affectionately about how, you know, it's a practice it's an and art. It's something that's practice. always evolving. Yeah. Yes, and it's an art. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, taking away all of those things that are personal to me in, in terms of the love of art, especially, you know, nurturing that, that, that you know, sort of talent in my daughter, as, as I, I, I found out that she's an artist and, and she was really, you know, a creative person, I, I wanted to make sure I wouldn't be like my dad and I wanted to nurture that. So beyond all of that, though, is just basic fundamental fact that I believe is true uh, of, of all art and, and why art is universal. And you've heard that said many times, you know, it, art in its most basic form is a form of communication. And I think, you know, the, in human very existence, one of our very first ways of expression was through art. You know, if you want to talk about the pictures on the cave wall and, 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 and hieroglyphics, it, it was all a way for humans to communicate and to express themselves to others. It's still what we do today. When you, when you listen to a song that puts you in an emotional state, whether it's sad, gleeful, or, or melancholy, it's, 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 that, it's that music, it's those songs, it's the words, it's the lyrics that hit you. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact someone in a different way each time. When you look at a beautiful sculpture or when you look at a, when you look at a painting, or you look at even, you know, computer art that's generated by, you know, someone sitting there, you know, being creative on a keyboard. All of these different elements are expressions of, of, of conveying a message to others. And that's really what art is about. And so I think that, again, in part of the art of human care, it's necessary to appreciate how powerful, how healing art can be and how much of an expressive form and how much it embodies our very human existence uh, as a way of communicating. So that, mm. that's, that's really the, the, the sort of basis behind the art of human care and, and just uh, how, how much I know and I've appreciated throughout life and, and even in my current practice, how much art can, can make a difference in, in, uh, in, people's, uh, in people's lives. And so part of what I'm hearing you say is also really bringing this art of human care to more of the personal, whether you want to say personal responsibility or focus or personal interest, not necessarily just for the, the practitioner, the healthcare practitioner, but it's really about bringing it to the individual. Correct. Yes. I think certainly practitioners and those in the, health profession will get a lot out of it because I, I speak about my health professional experience, but I, I think it, 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 it's intended to have, uh, you know, the art of human care is intended to have a message that resonates with anyone, uh, you know, whether they're in healthcare or not, again, because it's really speaking to this, this, this uh, aspect of being human and, and caring for others, which is, I think, a very universal theme. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot of people in my personal practice, but also listeners that are in um, doctors, dentists, um, nurse practitioners. I'm thinking of one person in mind right now um, that uh, obviously complementary medicine as well or alternative, but um, that are looking for ways or they're, they're starting to bring more of their views and practice into their more conventional 
practice, um, even if it's mentioning something like meditation or mindfulness or having that as an, you know, as an option or um, even asking about, you know, support or just bringing these other ideas. Um, now, in, in your um, experience now, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you feel that things are moving more towards more of this individual focus, I would say, or making it more personal, um, even within the practice, I mean, even for the practicing doctors, to, to making it more personal that this is an individual in front of me? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that it is. I don't know if it's necessarily because it's being driven by one party or the other. I think it's just because there is an abundance of information available to everyone now. Um, you know, there was a time, mm-hmm. believe it or not, not too long ago, uh, you know, I don't want to date myself, uh, but, you know, I'm not that old, but I'm not that young. And I do know that there was a time when you go to the doctor and, you know, you, you visit the doctor, you'd wait in the waiting room for, you know, however long it took to finally be in front of, of the omniscient person that's going to tell you what your diagnosis was and, and, you know, how you could be treated and what your options were. And, you know, for the most part, there was no real way to, you know, look that up on your own if you were a layperson. If you were a yeah. physician or you had exactly. a health professional, certainly you could call someone up and say, hey, I want a second opinion. Uh, but now right. it's not uncommon at all for my patients to come to me with, you know, uh, a, a reference page on their, on their smartphone and say, this is what you told me I have. And, you know, there's all this information here that tells me I should be getting this treatment or that treatment. I should try this drug or that drug. Uh, and so, you know, everyone now has the ability, um, if you have a computer and, and, and Internet access, you have the ability to have this wealth of information before you on any condition. Now, right. I would caution you that there is there's a lot of synthesis that needs to happen with that information to distill it again to the personalization of what is in fact happening yeah. with the one individual or another. Yeah. But everyone has access to this information makes it by and by just circumstance yeah. more personalized because you're going to read yeah. and interpret what you find on the internet. You're going to sort of, you know, put those symptoms or those kind of uh, attributes that you read about to your condition, <laughs> you know, you're going to make it, you're going to actually make your own self-diagnosis. And then, you, you know, you're going to seek the physician to either validate or, 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 uh, or, or sort of confirm what you think is going on to some extent. And that's just human nature. It's just natural what you do when you have information. You know, you think about, and this is not uncommon. This has happened throughout the ages. So, you know, the great renaissance was a renaissance because it was was a time when more people had access to information and they were able to read and there was was an abundance of of words and, and, and books now that people could actually get information from where it wasn't there before. And that's exactly what happened now. We have this explosion of information. So I think personalization is happening but I don't know if it's being driven by any single factor. More so, it's being driven by a, a myriad of factors, and and I think a, mm-hmm. const, a, a constellation of, of many things coming together, convergence, if you will, of many things coming Converging. together. Converging information, yeah, information, uh, access to access to other patients that have similar conditions. I mean, there are platforms like Patients Like Me, if you think about that, as one of these very robust 
you know, communities where people can go and say, hey, I have this diagnosis, I have this condition, um, what have been your experiences? And this is, this is very powerful if it's you think powerful. about, you know, yeah, yeah you think about that's going to be a lot, yeah. that's going to be a lot more credible than even a doctor saying, hey, I've taken care of thousands of patients that have this condition, this is what you should do. Well, if you're that patient and you find a community of others that have the condition, that have the diagnosis that you have, and they have the experiences that you're living through, you're going to be exceptionally receptive to what they have to say because they're experiencing exactly what you are. So, yes, absolutely, things are becoming a lot more personalized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dr. Hassan, we're out of time now. This has been so amazing. Um, thank you so much for being on the program and sharing. You've given us, oh, just invaluable information, insight, and wisdom. Um, just a lot there for people um, that they can really get some support around what's going on. Um, your book is fantastic, The Art of Human Care. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on the program. Thank you, Michelle, and I appreciate the opportunity to share these thoughts with your audience. Thank you so much, and you be safe. You're welcome. Okay, be safe. Be well. Okay. All right, everyone. Dr. Hassan Tete, uh, you can find out more information by going to doctor, that's the word spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, Tete, T-E-T-T-E-H.com. And we were talking about his most recent book, The Art of Human Care. All right, everyone, um, be well, shine bright, embrace yourself where you are, and I will see you here next uh, Wednesday. Of course, you can catch everything in the archives if you missed anything. And as always, continue to share your light, shine your light, and keep awake. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Are you alone?